So the bullseye of change is a framework I use to think about behavior change. Because I think we have this idea that we want to do something. We're like, you know, maybe in my world, it's like, okay, I want to stop eating at night. Or, you know, in your world, it might be like, okay, every time I buy some, a new piece of clothing, I'm going to get rid of an older piece of clothing, right? Like sort of one of those typical things. We think we're going to like flip a switch and that's going to happen. And then it doesn't happen. And we're like, oh, I suck. And it's like, no, (laughs) right? We have this idea. my life, right? (laughs) Yeah. my old life. (laughs) Totally. Hey there, I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is, the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people-pleasing, saying yes to everyone, and being who I thought I was supposed to be, rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuffed podcast not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all. From donating those pants that no longer fit to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course, I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are, and there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight, and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed Podcast. Today, I'm really excited to share an interview that I had recently with Jen Trepic from the podcast Salad with a Side of Fries which I think just says absolutely everything about her motto, her mindset, and the way she works with clients. Today, we are diving into so much goodness that you might think we're a little too late on because a lot of times people tend to talk about health and goal setting when we are fresh into the new year. And while we're a couple weeks in, almost a full month in, this is actually the perfect time for you to be listening to this episode because we are talking about what to do when you have gone hard, you've given it your all and things just aren't going your way. This episode is filled with so much goodness around not only how to set better health goals and better eating goals, but how to all around shift your identity to become the person that you've always known you're capable of being. So without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. Hi, Jen. Hi. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. So you've got, I've gotten to dive into a few episodes of your podcast, Salad with a Side of Fries, which I think instantly says so much about your kind of take on nutrition. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what you've been up to, the podcast, everything you've got going on? Sure. So, um, The podcast is Salad with a Side of Fries. I describe it as nutrition and wellness, but for real life, right? Because 
I, we're going to skip the grocery store. We're going to go to happy hour. We're going to live our lives. And my own, I came to all this wellness stuff through my own, I call it a saga. I feel like there was like way too much drama to call it a journey, you know? (laughs) Um, (laughs) And I was a dancer growing up. My family was always on a diet. And by extension, growing up, it's like I was always on a diet. I just didn't really realize it. Then I started to gain weight between high school and college. And so I was like, okay, well, I know what to do because I watched my family, right? You do this diet and then you gain the weight back and then you do that diet and then you gain the weight, right? Like that's what it was. So I was living that whole roller coaster, merry-go-round, whatever you want to call it. And world sort of collided for me because I was working full-time in New York City, looking for something to do on the side of my full-time job so that I could eventually work for myself. And at the same time, had this like weight stuff, food stuff, you know? I learned about the curriculum that I've now based my practice on. And at first it was like, no, 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 that's okay. I've got my thing, right? Like (laughs) my thing was the craziness, but I didn't need whatever you have, you know? And then two things happened. One, are people following this program, if you will, we're keeping the weight off. Okay. And I was like, mm, okay, you know, yeah, interesting. And then no. there was this, yeah. And then there was this woman telling her story of losing like 150 pounds. And literally everything she said after that was like the teacher and Charlie Brown, like the wah, wah. Like I heard no words because I was like having a conversation with myself. Because okay. I'm looking at this woman and like, I couldn't see where 10 pounds could have been on her body. And she's telling me that like the equivalent of another human was attached to her. Yeah. You know? And so I had this conversation with myself of like, this does not compute. Based on what I know, that makes no sense. And so I was like, get out of your own way. See what that's about. So I worked with a coach. I followed the program myself. Like, the only thing that's allowed me to say I've kicked my food issues. Wow. Yeah. And so from there, I, I, and I really felt like it was the nutrition education we're all supposed to know, but nobody ever taught us, right? Yes. Yep. So I set out on a mission to pay it forward and help people help themselves with this information. And so the search for something to do on the side so that I could eventually work for myself and my own health stuff came together. I started working with clients as a health coach nights and weekends, you know, outside of my full-time job. So this was like late 2007. Okay. So a long time ago. Yeah. Left my full-time job July of 2019, launched my podcast in August of 2019. And then now fast forward, (laughs) here we are. (laughs) Wow. That is so great. And isn't that so funny how so often, and this is a whole different topic, but so often we're totally. like, I want this for my life. I really want this. I really want this. And you're like, but I'm, you feel like you're going through this awful struggle and you're never going to get to find the thing you want because you're struggling so much, but they are going hand in hand. Cause that was very similar to my same story was yeah, my struggles have become my mission. And exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's so awesome yeah. to hear. Um, well, thanks. Yes. And, it, you know, I think so many people can relate to, to the, like, we were dieting since we were little, you know, since we were young, because we grew up with parents who I think were so absorbed in that diet culture 
Um, you know, I yeah. said, I remember my mom suggesting that I do Weight Watchers when I was like 13, which oh, I was just hitting like the puberty stage where I'm supposed to pack on a little bit of weight, you know, like that's normal, that's healthy. Um, and looking at the Weight Watchers thing, I could only eat one piece of pizza a day was like, that was it. That was my, my point intake. And I was like, Ugh. I can't do this because I eat pizza and a brownie for just lunch. What am I supposed to do? Right. Um, and it's so, so funny you say that because like I have a kids and family curriculum oh, and that's so great. when I work with kids, I mean, the conversation we're having is like, okay, here's the vending machine. What's our best option? You know, yeah, like, yeah, you know, to say, okay, you're going to eat one piece of pizza. And this is sort of, I digress from what we really want to talk about, but like that goes to the calories in, calories out, which is not actually how the body functions. And yeah. so, you know, it's really just setting us up. Oh man. And it's, that's why I love that you are on a mission for change. That's so great. And um, so something that I have heard or that I know that we've talked about you being about is this bullseye of change. Yeah. Do you want to share with okay. all of us what that means? Yes. So the bullseye of change is a framework I use to think about behavior change. Because I think we have this idea that we want to do something. We're like, you know, it, maybe in my world, it's like, okay, I want to stop eating at night. Or... Yeah. You know, in your world, it might be like, okay, every time I buy some a new piece of clothing, I'm going to get rid of an older piece of clothing, yeah, right? Yeah, like right, sort of right. one of those typical things. We think we're going to like flip a switch and that's going to happen. And then it doesn't happen. And we're like, oh, I suck. And it's like, no, <laughs> right? We have this idea. my life, right? <laughs> yeah. <Sorry> my old life. <laughs> totally. And we have this idea that like, it's all willpower. We have to like, white knuckle it through life. And then we're a failure if it doesn't happen. And I think we've sort of, I mean, this is a little bit of a tangent, like we've been sold a bill of goods in terms of like willpower and motivation, but on the behavior change side, there's sort of two pieces at play in shifting behaviors. So the bullseye of change gives us a framework to think about it. And then the second piece is to think about sort of the process. So the bullseye of change, like picture sort of like a three ring bullseye. If you're a note taker, you have a pen and paper, write down a three ring bullseye, like three concentric circles. Okay. The outer layer, the outside of the bullseye are behaviors. Right. Okay. Behaviors that we repeat become habits. So habits is the next layer in of your bullseye. Our habits collect to create our identity. The center, the bullseye of the bullseye <laughs> yeah. is identity. Okay. So we can think about working through this bullseye from the outside in or from the inside out. So outside in, for example, the behavior is, you know, paying attention to when I'm buying new things putting things back where they go. Everything has its place, right? Yeah. The habit might become one in, one out because in its home, there isn't space for the extra thing, right? Eventually right. the identity that we form is, I keep a tidy home. I am organized. You know, yeah. I don't live in clutter, 
right? Like those are identity things. Right. So that's sort of the idea of working the outside in. The other way that we could do it is to work the inside out. So maybe inside out is, you know, what's the identity we want to create? You know, maybe it's I'm an active person. Okay. Yeah. So somebody who has the identity of I'm an active person, we can say, what are the habits of somebody who identifies as an active person? Well, they move their body every day. Maybe they, you know, have a tendency to like make plans that include some sort of activity. Yeah. Or whatever, right? The habit then, right, are those things. The behavior to create that habit might be just putting it in your calendar to walk after dinner or setting the workout clothes out the night before. Or I actually eat dinner with my sneakers on so that it's easier to get up right after and go for a walk. Then it's sort of like all we have to do is focus on the little behaviors that don't feel so massive. And the other things are going to naturally fall into place. What happens so often is that we think we're going to skip to the bullseye. And then we go, why didn't this work? Right. I'm I'm so deep in thought. I'm sorry. I'm like, no, you're fine. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Yeah, because... I understand completely what you're saying, but I'm going right into my selfish mode where I'm like, what would work? Like, which, how? So give I, us one. Give us something that's coming into your head. Like, let's play it out. I'm just thinking I've shifted my thoughts. I've shifted my habits so much throughout my life. And I'm kind of trying to go, how did, what did I, okay. Did I, you know, do it from the outside, inside out? I feel like I'm more of an inside out where I'm like, okay, this is the kind of person that I want to be. Yeah, or maybe it was the fact of like seeing small behaviors that people were doing. There's still small things. Look, so I would say, yeah, it was probably an outside in, which makes sense. The desire but to want to I think it's inside. both. I think yeah, it's both. I like it I has think, to be. yeah, I think it's um, both. And I think sometimes it depends on what the thing is. And we may have like a whole bunch of bullseyes. Like we might have one right, for right. breakfast and another one for clothing and another one for, you know, like, you know, exercise and another one for water, you know, whatever. We might have a whole bunch of bullseyes. The other thing that can happen is sort of if we were to take one more layer on the outside, we have our environment. Okay, yeah. And that's something where when we have changes in the environment it can sort of move where we are in the bullseye. So for example, like changing jobs or moving homes, all of a sudden something that was like at that identity point, right? Where like, we don't even have to think about it. Like this is just what we do every day. But now the environment changed and threw everything upside down. Now we're back on the outside ring going, okay, what are the behaviors I can put in place now with the change in the environment? And so it's a very fluid thing, even when we feel like we're sort of at that identity piece with something. That's so interesting. And I love that you put it that way because I'm a very visual person. That's why I think I'm just sitting here like, (laughs) okay, okay, all right. Just trying to put it all into play. And I'm definitely going to be doodling full size all day. (laughs) No no doubt. I'm going to be like, okay, what am I... Cause that's such a great way of putting it. I, like I said, I love having that visualization. And I think of my husband uh, when you talk about this, because I've been kind of trying to tell him, 
he made a job shift after 25 years in this wow. building in the same place. Like he's been there since he was 18 and he's shifted. Um, it's been almost a year in his new position, but like his healthy habits, he was, he was the one who inspired my healthy habits. He was always a strict workout. You know, he likes to run. He always did the yo-yoing with food, a little salad and fries kind of thing. We're human. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, but that has kind of fallen where he isn't going to the gym first thing in the morning, you know, and he's been struggling with that because then he feels bad. He's lost that, um, you know, that sense of identity. So I love that, that you put it that way. I always said it to him because this was how it was put to me when I was teaching preschool. Um, if the kids came in knowing their whole alphabet, um, but then, you know, now we've been learning, we've been in school, we're learning, and they maybe have learned all of their shapes, but forgotten a couple of their alphabet, you know, that right. kind of thing. Like they, right. we, we have this like give and take. Um, so what yeah. would you recommend for people then? I suppose, is there a way to, I suppose, begin to change our environment in order to make our behaviors more aligned with the identity that we want? Yeah. So, well, and there's a couple ways, right? One piece is to shift the behaviors. Another piece is to see if we can shift the environment. You know, I think I remember when I changed full-time jobs, I totally underestimated the toll that it would take on my business to have to prove myself again. Oh, yeah. Like I didn't walk into this new company with the reputation that I had at the old one. And so maybe liberties I took at the old one, I couldn't take at the new one. Right. 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 Until I prove myself. So I totally get where he's at. Yes. And I think it's a piece of saying, okay, do I now need to, right? If other people have access to my calendar, could I block, you know, even a half hour every day for lunch so that I at least just make sure I'm getting some midday fuel? Yeah. Right. And that, it can be marked as private and whether or not I actually use that for lunch or I use that to just go downstairs and walk around for 10 minutes, right? But there's a private 30 minutes in the middle of the day every day yeah. that somebody can't book. Or maybe, right? And depending on where you are in an organization, you may or may not be able to set some of those boundaries, right? So then it goes to, okay, we can't necessarily change the environment. So then what are the behaviors? Well, maybe right now I have to be at work earlier than I used to, which might mean that breakfast is happening in the office. Yeah. Which might mean, hey, maybe the thing that I can do is have these three things in the fridge at the office every week so that I can make sure that I start my day with some proper fuel. Yeah. Right. And then maybe that includes, okay, I got to do a grocery run on Sunday. But then if all we do is think about getting those three things into the fridge at work, all of a sudden breakfast becomes a whole lot easier rather than every day sitting there going, well, why am I a failure that I can't do the things I used to do? Right. We just have to go back and rethink some of those little things. And the more we can break it down into small behaviors, the easier it is. Because I think, I mean, you sort of alluded to this before, but you know, that we make it so difficult sometimes or we feel like it's so difficult. And I, I really feel like nobody wins for making this the hardest. 
Like what are all the things that we could do to make everything easier on ourselves? I have 100% noticed in every single area of my life. And I always say it. I'll tell my husband, I'm like, I'm making things hard right now. And I know whenever I am in that mode of thinking things have to be hard or I have to push that it's just going to get worse. Like, it's just like you said, and I think we're going to be, I think we're talking at a perfect time where we're about a month into our new year. And this is the time where people are tired of that push. You know, it's exhausting. Right. Where they're like, I'm going to be this, that new identity that you said that I'm going to be this new person. I'm going to, you know, came in with just guns ablaze and ready to go. And now like the motor is dying. (laughs) Right. It's like, I, so I always start group coaching in February, not in January for exactly that reason. Cause in January, everybody's like, I got this. And by February, they're like, I don't got this. (laughs) So that's what I was going to ask you. What would you recommend to like before people get to that February crash? February is the month from hell. <laughs> Excuse my language. I always tell my husband, I'm like, we need to go somewhere in February because February is the month that just like, it was like you get through the Christmas, you know, the holiday hump. January, maybe you're coming in with your resolutions or maybe you're kind of riding out. And then February is just like this. Right. Um, <laughs> So that's pure genius. And I would ask you, you know, as far as these habits, these behaviors, if you have anybody who is calming down the January resolution, like spiral, if yeah. you were to scoop them up before they quit and say like, don't give up just yet. Right. Maybe try this instead. Like if okay. you know, someone was going in hard, what could they do to recoup yeah. their losses before they accepted or believed that they're a failure? Yeah. So this is what I call C versus I. Okay. C is consistency. I is intensity. The more intense, the less likely to be consistent. Okay. The more consistent, the less likely to be intense. So, right. These things are inversely related. So the whole thing is we start the year with this massive intensity. Of course, we're burning out. The idea that we're going to maintain a level of intensity is setting ourselves up for failure, right? Even thinking about it in the context of like a super intense workout, right? If our plan is to do this like hit workout or a very intense workout for an hour, it's harder to motivate ourselves to do that every single day. It's harder to find the energy to do that every day. It right. So the more intense something is, the less likely we are to be able to be consistent. Right. That makes so much sense. So our objective is to find the intensity that matches an ability to be consistent, right? Our priority is consistency. To get to where we want to be, it's about consistency. So what is the level of intensity that you can persist? Likely it's not up here. Yeah, it's way yeah. down here. It's I'm just eating an extra vegetable every day. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm walking for ten minutes. Yeah, right. All of our outcomes are a function of what we do repeatedly. So our objective is consistency. So understand that, like, you're not a moral failure because it's the end of January and you're like, guess what? 
can't can't keep that up. Yeah, like, of course no. you can. This is exactly what we expect. So turn it from feeling like a failure to the exact outcome we're expecting. And it gives us an opportunity to shift what the next piece is. The next piece is, okay, that I, now I have a metric of the intensity that I can't persist. Yes, yes. So let's try something else. Let's look at what could we do consistently without it disrupting everything else in our lives. I love that. And that's what, it's kind of funny that you say that. And I've shared this before um, on like different social medias and things, because this is what worked for me. Cause I went through a time and I'm sure I could go through and figure out, it was actually probably the time that we were working on paying off debt and minimizing our life that I became less consistent with my gym routine. And I know my gym routine helps me. It just makes me feel better all around. And I had to start telling myself, you don't have to try hard because I went into it thinking I have to go in there, go hard. I have to go home. It has to be this intense. I'm giving my, right. it all. doesn't count unless. Right. And there were days yeah. like I didn't have energy to give my all that was, it wasn't there because it was being put somewhere else in my life. Right. And so I told myself like, you don't have to try hard. And I said 20 minutes. I don't care what you do. You can just walk on the treadmill. You don't have to walk fast. You don't have to do anything. Right. Just keep going. And it kept me on that consistent routine. Um, like you're talking exactly. about. Yeah. So that's, that's so great. And I love, I love the way that's such a great, the consistency versus intensity is such a great thing to remember. And there's a piece of saying, look, there might be times in our lives where we choose a different level of intensity. I have 100% right? had to do that. Like, yeah, even just like, Week to week, being a woman, like the more I learn about like our cycles and things like that, like mm -hmm. this week, I'm a little bit more intense. <laughs> Two weeks ago was like slow yoga and right. Walking, and that was it. And embrace right. like not every day. day. Yes. And not every day is going to be the workout of your life. It doesn't have to be <laughs> right. Or right? no. even saying, okay, leading up to like, I see it all the time with brides right? Leading up to their wedding, they have a different level of intensity than the average person is going to have. Yes. Right. I used to do wedding photography and I'm like, I could write a book on that. <laughs> like the like literal cycle of a bride. Ooh. Yes. <laughs> and, and there might be times where we say, look, I'm going to push for 10 days. I'm going to make this a priority for 10 days. I'm going to do a different level of intensity over here for 10 days and let these things be less intense for those 10 days. That makes sense. Right? Yeah. But it's not for forever. It's recognizing that when we have those moments of intensity, the plan is not that intensity for forever. Right. Right. So what would you, what advice would you give to anybody? Because I think I, you know, I know, I know they talk a lot about perfectionism, how a lot of times perfectionism can prevent people from even taking action. And I've talked to my daughter about this, that this is something that I've gone through since I was a kid. And it's something I see her going through. It sounds so silly, but I remember when I was like five, I had this vision of a unicorn. I was like, Oh, I'm going to draw this unicorn. And my unicorn looked like crap compared to the, Oh my God, I can't draw. I it like so frustrating, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like we had this idea of it has to be this or nothing. And then when we fall short, it's like, we're so angry with ourselves. So yeah, by no means did I draw a phenomenal unicorn, but I went through my whole life kind of always having that mentality, like where I would get this burst of energy 
and want to put all my energy toward it. And then, yeah, hit that burnout, even in like short, when, even if we're talking about cleaning and decluttering, that's something that, um, you know, some people are like, I'm going to declutter the whole house. And they're an hour in and their house is messier than ever. And it's like, and they're like, I quit. (laughs) (laughs) Something went wrong. What do I, what do I So it's interesting because, so there are certain personality types that are more um, inclined toward consistency, persistent energy. There are other personality types that are more inclined toward sprints and bursts of energy. Yeah. We are who we are. Know yourself, right? Right, (laughs) This whole thing is a function of know yourself. And part of it is understanding, like, again, nobody wins for making this harder. So is it easier on ourselves if we set some objectives that align with what we know about our own energy, what we know about ourselves, right? So if we know that we're not the one who is the energizer bunny, go, go, go. We know we need naps. Yes. We know we're better in sprints. Then set it up to do it in sprints. Maybe it's, I'm going to make a playlist that's three songs. And I'm going to clean as much as I can for those three socks. Right. And then onward, right? Like there's something really powerful about setting the objective that we can actually hit. Yeah. Because I believe that self-doubt comes in, guilt comes in when we don't keep our commitments to ourselves. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it is womanly nature, <laughs> right? As a function, a lot of, you know, not more nurture than nature, but women have a tendency to keep commitments to other people instead of keeping commitments to ourselves. Yeah. To build confidence, to build a, I know I can do it attitude and thought process. We have to keep the commitments we make to ourselves. So we actually benefit more sometimes from making the goal we know we'll accomplish than making the goal that's the stretch. Yeah. So there's a piece of saying, you know, we can do this. It's a bit of knowing ourselves enough to create the to-do list that works for us. And that's different for each person, like there isn't a one size fits all in almost anything, because even while there's an umbrella, like in my world, right? The nutrition side, it's interesting. Like DNA is 99.9% the same. The human body functions as the human body functions, right? So there are certain things that are universal, right? That 0.1% and the way we've all sort of screwed with our human body (laughs) creates a lot of variation and a lot of things that are very different person to person. Right. So we can look at the umbrella and then say, okay, how knowing that and then knowing about me, what do I want to do? How do I want to make this work? What would actually work for me? Yeah. And that's so great because I think so often, and I think we're getting to a point, at least that I'm seeing, you know, where we're not all expected to have a one size fits all. 
And even just right. hearing someone, you know, like you say, like, or give people permission to like, you don't have to go at this super intense. It's so great and so helpful. And even just you speaking of to-do lists, um, it gives me that thought, like, sometimes when I'm not confident that I can follow through with my to-do list, maybe it, even if it is just a bare minimum to-do list, but I have like those thoughts, I will write down everything I've already done. And just so you can it cross it off. Yeah. A hundred percent. Me too. I already did today. Good job. Cause I am Me definitely too. a sprinter, you know, I, and I know yeah. that and have embraced that and things have gone so much better once I have that. Yeah. I have those days where I'm super productive. And then I have those days where it's like, a maybe read a book, take a nap, that type right. of thing. So, okay. Then let me ask you. Okay. If everyone were to kind of just have like a brand new new year, a restart in February, mm-hmm. what do you think, what would be like your three recommendations for people to have more consistency for the next 11 months of the year? This is a loaded question. I like it though. Okay. One piece is, and this sounds so stupid, but I, I, it's like, whatever it's coming to me, I have to say it is know thyself. Yeah. It's not stupid. It's so important. Like, you know what you have the capacity for on a regular basis. Right. Right. You know what, more than anything, you know what you're willing to do. Yeah. Because sometimes what we're willing to do and what we want to do are not the same. (laughs) So like (laughs) we want to set up the things based on what we're willing to do, based on our commitment level, our goals, and knowing ourselves. So I think that's number one. Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. And I think so often we want to be other people. You know, we think that they yes. got it figured out versus just like, okay, what am I working with? What are my actual tools rather than looking at someone else's toolkit, you know? And I think that the second one, like, as you're saying that, I think the second one would be put the blinders on. Okay. Meaning it can be really easy to be swayed by what we see on Instagram or yeah. what our friends are doing or like, I'm doing dry January. You're drinking. Yeah. I'm drinking dry champagne. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So I just like, listened to your podcast the other night about dream boards and yes, how avoiding them can actually be helpful because we get this big vision in our mind of who we should be or how we'd have to show up. So it, it I loved it. It made so much sense. And I know I've done that in my life. hundred yeah. percent. Still so difficult. <laughs> so difficult. And so with putting the blinders on, it's also saying when things do show up that seem tempting, we want to evaluate them, right? So I, especially when it comes to like nutrition things or wellness things or whatever, it's like every day, well, you know, eat meat, don't eat meat, (laughs) eat all these things. And none of those things like carrots are the enemy, like, whoa, right? Yeah. So have a foundation of science that you know to be true. Okay. And then from there, we evaluate the things coming at us. So blinders doesn't mean that we don't learn. Blinders means that we assess the things coming at us based on what we know to be true and think about it in terms of 
how could this be true, this new thing? And how might this new thing not be true? And then applying it also to number one, knowing you, is that something that would enhance or further what you're doing instead of having sort of like shiny object syndrome? Yeah, yeah. And I think that can help with the consistency piece. So, and I think so often in in the wellness space, I've gone through this. Um, I've gone through this in the wellness space where there's always some new superfood or some new awesome thing or some. So I used to spend so much money on like chia seeds, goji berries, like whatever any new thing was coming in versus like you're saying, put the blinders on, especially in my opinion, when you see stuff like that, rather than thinking like, oh my gosh, I need to add chia seeds to my routine. I should be eating chia seeds right now. Why am I not going like, I'm doing good right now with my current routine. Maybe I'll pick up some chia seeds and I'll try and add it versus that. Like I'm doing everything wrong. I need to add this. They have that. I should have that. Uh, You know, that's such a genius thing of the blinders. And I think even like, I picture like blinders, like on each side of our eyeballs that keep us kind of focused straight forward. So we can't stray, like you said, from what we know and from where we know we want to go. Yeah. That's so genius. And then number three comes down to sort of like motivation and recognizing like what gets us excited, what's the real end game, you know, and part of that is also giving ourselves, learning to give ourselves credit for everything we are doing and let that motivate us because So often when we start things, whether it's, you know, unstuffing our house, right? (laughs) Or committing to a new wellness plan, whatever it is. We often start these things because we're unhappy. We're sort of like most of the time when I start with somebody, they're in a bit of a dark place. And I've chills as I'm saying this, right? Like, We're unhappy. There's a change we want to make because we're not happy. Yeah. Part of the process is learning to be motivated by the positive rather than motivated by the negative. And when we start, because we're motivated by the negative, we're motivated by being unhappy. When we feel like we're losing consistency, when we feel like we're losing momentum, when we feel like something's not happening anymore, I think subconsciously, and this is me, not science. I make this very clear anytime I talk about this. Like, I have a theory, not science. My theory is when we feel like we've hit a plateau or we're not making the progress or things aren't happening, right, the way we want them to. Yeah. We subconsciously go, well, when things were happening, what was going on? Oh, I was really unhappy. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then... We try to beat ourselves up into compliance. That's when we tell ourselves we suck. That's when we tell her, what's wrong with you? Why can't you just not eat the cookie? Right? So then we try to beat ourselves up into compliance rather than learning to shift what motivates us. So instead of being motivated to not eat the cookie because we have no energy and we don't like how we feel, right? Saying, I don't want to eat the cookie because I love having energy. Right, right. I don't want to eat the cookie because I love waking up without a hangover from the sugar. 
Yeah. Oh, right. And so we're shifting sort of what motivates us and what we focus on. So instead of focusing on everything we didn't do, we focus on everything we did do. So for going back to your to-do list, maybe it's making a to-do list to acknowledge ourselves of everything we did list. It's like an I did it list, right? Everything we did do in a day. It's actually why I like tracking healthful habits because nine times out of 10, when people start, they think it's about me being the food police. It's not. I frankly don't care what you eat or don't eat. Yeah. Um, It's about identifying the patterns and actually seeing on paper everything you did do in a day because our brain gravitates toward everything we didn't do. 100%. And so it helps shift. So the third thing is that motivation and shifting to be motivated by the positive instead of the negative and acknowledging ourselves, giving ourselves credit for everything that is happening instead of hyper-focusing on what's not happening. Yeah, that's so great. And I was just thinking about that. Oh, yeah, it's so weird. So many of the things that you've said have been things that I've literally like read or heard within the last 24 hours. You know, synchronicity at its finest, how that pops up all the time. Totally. Um, The white knuckling thing where we white knuckle our way through. uh, It was like white knuckling our way through anything. Like, so through sobriety or through a new diet. Um, But also the idea, and I just heard someone say it this morning and it just sunk and hit differently. And I think it goes perfectly with what you're saying. But when we think we haven't gone far enough, you know, or we think we aren't doing enough to go Kind of like you were saying, though, in the sense, like, what if we went back to who we used to be or where we used to be, would we still be comfortable there? Probably right. not. You know what I mean? Right. That kind of thing where, like, the idea of going back to being as much as some parts of me are like, why can't I eat the pizza every day like I did when I was 15 <laughs> with the brownie with the powdered sugar on top and the sugary pink drink? Why can't I do that anymore? Mm-hmm. And the other part of me goes, oh, I could never go back to that. I definitely right. love my brownies on occasion. I love me some pizza. Not so much the drinks right. anymore, but you know, I don't, I would not be comfortable being there, which is a sign to me that I have most definitely made progress. Right. Um, One of my favorite sort of, I give my clients like, mantras. I call them like words to the wise or whatever, or, you know, like a tip of the week. And one of the things that I love is, can I swear on this, by the way? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I may not be where I want to be, but I'm sure as hell not where I was. Right. 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 Every time something happens, I may not be where I want to be, but I'm sure as hell not where I was. Yeah. Onward, you know? And that is, that's such an empowering thing. And I love that you say it from that perspective. Um, because you're right. So often, so much of our lives was like, you know, those negative words of like, I'm overweight or like I'm fat or I weigh too much or I have too much cellulite. And those words just have such an icky, heavy weight to them versus. And I also even think like, I used to go to the gym and it was like, I want a better butt. I want a better butt. And it was coming from a place of like, my butt's not good enough is ultimately what it was saying. You know, like I had this belief, like something was still wrong with my body versus like, I love my body and I love how I feel after the gym. I like feeling strong in whatever way my body's, whatever form or shape my body's going to take. Right. You know? And Uh, it sounds cliche. Like people say it all the time. You'll hear trainers on social media say it all the time. And it's sort of like the eye roll cliche of like workout because you love your body. But what if, we sat there going, oh my God, 
look at what my body can do right now. Right. Like having a little bit of like wonder and awe and like fun in that process, like be enamored with the things that we're capable of doing and notice how it starts to shift all the other things, like how much more you do when you're enamored by it, you know? Oh, I totally agree. And it's hard to do with ourselves. No, it is. And I totally agree. And like you said, it sounds like such a cliche and so silly, but I think anybody who has gotten to that point where they didn't always love their body understands that when you can do it from a place of appreciation, and I know when you hate your body or when you've had a life of fighting your body, it can be so difficult to get to that place of The place to start with that, by the way, yeah, is... And this is sort of a whole other, by the way, on the willpower thing, I did a whole episode. Um, it's called Willpower Won't Power. Willpower it's all about, power. yeah, all about understanding like what willpower actually is, what depletes it, what gives it back to us, and how do we sort of harness it. But then to start or reconnect with our bodies, first of all, I believe that we have become disconnected because we've been following all the rules, right? So we follow the rules at the expense of paying attention to our own body. So for example, like your Weight Watchers thing with the pizza, right? Your body says, I'm hungry. I need more than one piece of pizza in the day. Mm -hmm. But the rules said, this is how much you can have in a day. So we go, la, 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 I can't hear you, body. I'm gonna ignore the fact that you're telling me you need food because- The rules said, this is what I'm supposed to have. Yeah. So part of reconnecting and figuring that out and learning to like even notice our body communicating with us is even if you just like wake up in the morning and like, hello body. Yeah. Hi. Look in the mirror, right? Like what if you could even look in the mirror? My favorite phrase is, hello, old friend. Yeah right? A little bit of affection, not over the top, right? Like we don't want to be fake. We want to believe it, (laughs) right? But a little bit of affection in your voice and just to sort of reconnect, right? When we notice something, a lot of times when we're disconnected, the body is going to communicate until we hear it. Pain is the body screaming because we didn't listen to the whispers, right? So where are we hearing screaming? And how can we start to hear the whispers? And it's a practice and it's a process. And it's, you know, it can go back to that bullseye of change of saying, okay, like here's one behavior I'm going to do to eventually get to the identity of I'm in tune with my body. I love that. And again, I, I was thinking the very thing this morning. I took my walk. I've been really on a good, good January kick um, of just, and that's, that's really been all it is. It's just paying attention to my whispers, the the signs that my body's giving me. Yeah. When you're talking about, um, you know, not not having the cookie or having the cookie, it's so hard because like sometimes have the cookie, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, and when we've been fed these beliefs or these rules about who we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to be, what we're supposed to eat, it can be so hard to retune 
And then yes. also kind of like you were saying, I think there are some of us who are like, I am so freaking sick of listening to all these rules. I'm just going to eat the cookies and I'm going to eat the pizza. And then, you know, you, you don't feel good anymore, but you're so tired of trying to listen to the rules. Right. And you and know? by the way, that whole experience of eating all the cookies and all the pizza isn't a failure if we learn something from it and we recognize that like, oh, wait, I didn't feel good after that. That's why I don't do that all the time. Yeah. I don't do it all the time, not because of the rules. I do it all the time because I actually feel gross when I do. Yeah. Yeah. And then the next time that moment shows up, we can remember that feeling of feeling gross and make a different choice. Yeah. I love that because I went through those struggles and I'm sure like every single person who's listening has ever done, um, where if I ate too much one night, the whole next day or even yes. beyond was like, just, I call it a food rating. hangover. Well, I, and it's just like the mental shaming yes. of the self of myself. Like, I can't yes. believe you did that. It's so gross. I shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have done that. And it was like, I got to this point where I'm like, okay, well I did it. So Right. I did it a well. It, I have to move on. Like there's, there's literally no way to change it. And shaming myself is never going to undo yep. it. We're not going to totally. make it anywhere from this. Right. And that shame is a function of not keeping our commitment to ourselves to make choices that support our health, our energy, our joy, whatever it is. Right. And by the way, sometimes that choice is eating the cookie. Right. Right. That choice is sometimes not eating the whole package of cookies, you know, yeah. but that depends. Yeah. It goes back to you and what, you know, works for you in any given moment. Right. So I guess if we were to round up our discussion today, if someone were to say, you know, like shutting out the rules, we're going to shut out the rules and who we think we should be and what the influencers are saying on Instagram or whatever. How would you like recommend someone learn to start with like how to know that the goal we're setting for the rest of our year is actually our goal and not a rule that's been handed down to us or something that we think we need to do, but versus just something we want to do for us. How, like how to listen to those whispers. Yeah. It it's complicated, I think. And sometimes it takes making those goals that do make everybody else, you know, that are sort of what we're supposed to do on paper and then getting there and realizing, oh, that wasn't really it. Right. So like, right. okay, onward, we learned that that wasn't it. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, and I'm like the answer it. that, yes. But then the answer that's coming to me, I'm sort of rolling my eyes at myself because it's a little bit woo woo, but get a little quiet, right? December 31st, 2023. I did it. What's it? Write it yeah. down. What's it? I did it. Like, ha what, what did you do? Yeah. Or I'm living it or I'm doing it or whatever, right? What's the it? And think about that, right? And then it, Going to the episode that you listened to the other day of like ditching the dream board, connect to the feeling of that more than the details of the it. Because yes. sometimes in getting from where we are now to December 31st, it's probably not going to look exactly like you have it pictured. Yeah. So 
what shows up that feels the same as the I did it that you've chosen and let that guide you for the things that you commit to or don't commit to or, you know, take on or don't. Yes. And see what happens. I love that. And you can always choose again. Like if something, like you made a choice and then it's like, oh wait, that's an, mm," you know, that wasn't how I thought that was going to go. Like choose again because nothing is permanent unless we decide it's got to be permanent. Right. No, that's awesome. I think that's so huge. Like that made my, gave me like a stomach sink. Like, oh, the idea of, yeah, we're watching the, getting ready for the ball drop for next year. What do I want to say I did this year? And yeah, same thing with your dream board, like you said. You know, maybe it's, I finally took charge of my health and my body versus do you like, do you think, cause I, for me, this is what I've learned myself more and more. I'm like, I need to stay away from the numbers of it all. Yes. There's no, I earned this much or I'm going to, I'm going to earn this much money next year versus going, I just really want to show up in my business or I want to have connected for me. I suppose that's just shift of the numbers. I don't want to talk about money. I want to talk about maybe how many people I've connected with. Because yeah. that means so much more to me. So stepping on the scale rather than I want to have lost a hundred pounds saying, you know, I want to have gone to the gym a hundred days. Yeah. Like or, yeah. And thinking about like, well, what would be different at the point where you've lost that hundred pounds? What's life going to look like at that yeah. point? That's what we focus on. So maybe you know, I'm going to apply for the jobs that I don't feel confident in applying for right now. But if I've lost a hundred pounds, I'll feel confident enough to walk in that interview room. Yeah. Or, you know, I will, you know, if a hundred pounds lighter physically or metaphorically, right. I'll go do this thing that becomes the anchor, the thing that we're focused on because it, the numbers aren't the important part, right? The right. byproduct, right? It's it's focusing on the other things that are going to happen. Yeah, basking in that feeling. I love that so much. Um, and there's so much- We talked about that. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing all of your insights. And hopefully people can take the time and write down that visualization. Draw out your bullseye. I think that's a great way to finish off the year. So if people want to continue- to connect with you, Jen, how can they do that? Where is your, like what social media is or where can we find you? Yeah, uh, all social media. I am at Jen Trepic, J-E-N-N-T-R-E-P-E-C-K. Instagram also has at salad with a side of fries pod. Website, a salad with a side of fries.com. I don't care what platform or where, nothing would make me happier than to hear from you. Like what resonated with you? What questions did it bring up? Like, I can't wait to connect with you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Hey again, thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed Podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time just to hang out with me. If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love until next time.